welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. On this show, I talk with women that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the place where they are at. My hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people, or both, whether you're married or single, full nest or empty nest, Whatever your particular circumstance is, I hope that in listening to these women and their stories, that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. You'll be hearing from ordinary women living ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes to make sure you catch each of these amazing stories. Today, I will be talking with my dear friend Desiree Bronson. Desiree is a singer-songwriter and recording artist from right here in Boise, Idaho. We talk about everything from her journey into the music business as a country artist to our most embarrassing, so close moments, and you'll even get to hear a few of her songs, including one of the songs that we recorded together. Desiree is an incredibly accomplished artist and has even opened for headliners such as Clint Black, Trace Adkins, and the band Perry. I know you will love our conversation together, so without further ado, here's my conversation with my good friend, Desiree Bronson. Well, hello. Welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm so happy you're sitting here with me in my living room. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. This is my good friend, Desiree Bronson, talented singer-songwriter, good friend of mine, and I'm just so happy that I get to interview you. So welcome. Thank you. Um, So just a little background on yourself. You are a singer-songwriter recording artist. Yes. And you are married to Travis. Tell us a little bit about him. How long have you guys been married, and how did you meet, and all that fun stuff? Well, we have been married for 15 years. Wow. Yay. Yes. We met when when we were just kids. I was, I think, 16 when I met him, and um, we started dating when I was in college, like my freshman year of college, and then got married right away. So I was 18 when we got oh married. Oh my gosh, baby. Yes. So That's so fun. Years. Well, no wonder you guys are such good friends. You've known each other forever. And he's so supportive of you. It's so fun. Such a great guy. Well, I'm excited to talk all about your career. But first, you did something that I couldn't even get over this summer. I thought you had a moment of complete insanity when you first told me about it. You agreed to compete in the Spartan Challenge? Yes, oh I did. Oh, my gosh. Tell us, about, tell us about this. Because in my mind, all I think of is like plummeting over tall and leaping over fire and what in the world tell us about that yes I I don't know what inspired me to do that I think that it was probably peer pressure one of my friends our birthdays around the same time and so she thought it would be a good birthday gift to each other to buy like an entry to the Spartan race oh gosh so I mean (laughs) it was pretty intense it was it was a lot of fun but um the fire was only about a foot tall so you could just take that and you know like bring it down a notch because I was expecting it to be a lot bigger too but I think it's the you know the angles that they get the photos of but find a way to fall in the fire when we when we got to the fire I was like oh really that's the fire really okay so people just sort of zoom in and make it look like it's this intimidating tall flames basically but (laughs) it was an intense race though I mean we trained I thought we prepared really well and trained good for it but 
the, how many obstacles? The hills were just killer in it. That's okay. actually the hard part was the hills more than the obstacles. Um, 25 obstacles oh about. Oh, gosh. And lots of walls, lots of crawling through dirt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But actually, we, we must be uh, even crazier because we signed up for the Super, which is in March in what? Vegas. So. This like coming one, up right in a couple months? Yes. Oh my god. So the one that we did was three to five miles. This is like the next level up. So it's like eight to ten miles. Oh, for And then there's one more level that you can do to get your Spartan trifecta. Oh. If you want like, you know, this huge medal that you right. can wear around your neck. Nice. Like, <laughs> you know, like that a badge can... of honor or something. Yeah, I don't right. know. But, um, oh and then like the next level up would be the, the beast and it's like a half marathon. So. Oh, my word. Okay, so do you have yeah. more obstacles this time, too, since it's longer? <clears throat> more obstacles, and we actually – it was cheaper to sign up in the competitive, like, oh, wow. bracket. So we, we are in the competitive bracket. So we oh feel like goodness. we have extra pressure to be good and not hold people up. So Do you win prizes if you – in this competition? Do they give you any sort of – I think you get a free beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever it takes to motivate people. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, that's one of the things I love about you is that you're good at all the things and you're a super go-getter and hard worker and your career is so inspiring and fun for me and just even get to work with you a little bit. But you started out doing hair, not so much music. So tell us about that. How did you get into doing hair for a living? Well, my mom's a hairdresser. So I started doing her hair when I was really young and I liked it. I thought it was fun and just kind of always wanted to do that. So yeah, I didn't have music in mind. Like, growing up I didn't really like music that much my family was super musical but I kind of always stayed away from it and uh-huh. was more into the sports and stuff and so yeah I kind of had that planned out from so how long you know, did you do that before you started doing music along with it because you use that to kind of help support yeah. the beginning of your career in music right yeah I think I started doing hair like I went to school in 2002 2003 uh-huh. and so after school I just I've been doing it ever since wow that's so Quite great. A few years now. And then so how did, in the middle of that, well, first of all, did you have any really, any standout funny stories from doing hair? Because I'm sure you hear all the stories and did well, you ever like yeah. botch something that you then had to cover up and pretend that you uh, meant to make their hair? I mean, I can't, I can't think of something that I did that was, you know, I don't want to lose clients or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I saw a lot of things. Like in yeah. beauty school, I saw a lot of really, really, really bad colors and oh dear, things like that. People's hair falling out and stuff. Oh no, for real? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like per- they put like too much chemicals on perms, bleaching, <gasps> that kind of stuff. Where, yeah, it just people's hair kind of just falls out, you know, oh like once they get gosh. overprocessed. But how soon after? Like right there on the spot. Or like they when they're combing it in. out. No, oh. like when you're when you're shampooing the bleach out and it's been left on too long, people's hair just kind of turns oh to mush. Gosh. And I, yeah. so, what do you do in that moment? Do well, you tell them they sign a waiver when they come to a beauty <laughs> school, so they should know that they're getting you know oh people that are learning gosh. and they're only paying you know a small amount of money for their service. So oh, that's amazing. It's like they have to sign a waiver, but yeah, once I mean, I the worst thing I did when I was in beauty school is. Um, I was shampooing a lady's hair, and I reached back on the shampoo bowl to, like, grab the shampoo, and I noticed some things were kind of out of order, so I was, like, kind of organizing it as uh-huh. I'm holding the water over Oh right. on the lady's hair, and I turned back around, and instead of holding it on her hair, I was holding it, like, an inch <laughs> off her face, and she was, like, holding her breath, and... She wasn't even saying anything? 
She couldn't. I if she opened her mouth or breathed, oh I would have been like drowning her. So <laughs> that's the best thing ever. She never came back. Oh right, I can imagine. But. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. What did you say? <laughs> I don't even know. That's I was amazing. I was just felt so bad. I mean, literally, I think she thought that I was like waterboarding or something. Oh, that's like, so funny. Scared for her life. She was just holding her breath. Oh my gosh, that's totally something that I would do. This is why I shouldn't be ever in charge of hair handling anyone's hair. It's probably why I have boys because I can't, I couldn't handle the responsibility of having to do girls' hair even just <laughs> casually. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I would have loved to have seen that if you were yeah. <laughs> drowning some poor unsuspecting lady and she can't even tell you. <laughs> oh, it's the best thing ever. Um, and then you're cutting hair and all of a sudden what triggered this desire to start pursuing music as a profession while while you're in the middle of that business um my dad was a worship pastor at the time uh-huh. at evil christian church and he would occasionally get me to get up on stage and sing harmonies with them oh, nice. and they had like a i had picked up the guitar my brother had started learning guitar and i kind of took interest in it when he started wow learning it and and it came you know seemed like it came pretty naturally so anyway, so my dad needed a worship leader for this overflow service because they were building a new sanctuary. And in the meantime, they had like two different worship services. And so he just asked me to pray about it and see if it was something. Oh he goodness. was just kind of like, I know you you have this in you. Right. Like, I just feel like you should pray about this and and think about leading it. And at that point, I had never like led a worship song wow. on my guitar or anything yet. I mean, barely ever sang in front of anybody. Oh my goodness. You know? Other than just like harmonies quietly in the background, like in a little mouse voice. Right, right. (laughs) Like not to be heard really. So I prayed about it and I just felt like God was saying like, yeah, I gave you this gift and I want you to use it. So that is so great. And I was probably, I mean, I was in my twenties, like. That's amazing. 22, 23. It's amazing to me still. And I've known this about you for a long time, but it's amazing that you went from picking up a guitar basically for the first time at 22, 23. And then now you you are, here you are today opening for major acts in town and having recorded so many different things and you've made such a name for yourself in this Treasure Valley and that's so awesome. So tell us some of the people that you've gotten to open for in town. Julie Turner. Oh, right. <laughs> I wish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Now I'm just sad. Thanks for that. <laughs> okay. Um. Deflated a little bit. <clears throat> Anyways, who are some of the actual people that you've opened for? I have opened more recently. I got to open for the Jackson Country Stomp, which was like the band Perry and um, some other people. So how do they find you? How do you get found for these big acts that come through? Um, I think it's just like consistently being out there playing and kind of making a name for yourself and um, then just being available like that was through Nash FM and I did a contest with them a while back you know have done some interviews and stuff with them in the past so and just being available to play at things when they need an artist to show up for you know something then they start contacting you for the bigger stuff so well let's talk about that then so you go you're cutting hair you decide that you have discovered this new path of music and trying to figure that out what just in summary I know there's been so many different parts and pieces to all of that but 
what would you what encouragement would you have to anybody that's kind of entering the music scene which is an incredibly hard industry to enter it's a giant now that we have the digital world you can it, it opens the door for more independence to get their stuff heard but on the other hand you're now competing against thousands and thousands of people trying to do the same thing so what does it look like for you when you've been in Boise Idaho not a big city not Nashville not LA how did you get from the very beginning stages at 22 to where you are now? Well, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that you just have to put your time in, and I feel like there's so much truth to that, like just getting out and um, playing shows. I mean, when I started out, I just pretty much took any opportunity that came my way to play and just get in front of people and put your songs out there in front of people. And just, at that point, were you doing covers primarily? Um, so starting out, I mean, I had a handful of originals, but okay. yeah, I mean, I did a lot of, like a lot of restaurants and venues like that. They just want to hear like cover music. And so that's kind of where I started out. Um, you just go play by yourself? Did you have a band? Yeah. A, a lot of it. I actually, when I first started playing, I would bring my dad along. Oh, fun. Um, and he would, you know, he would kind of help play some of the stuff that I couldn't play at the time. Um, but yeah, mostly just go out just myself and, you know, sit in a little corner of some little restaurant and just play my music and you know, hope a couple people would tune in and listen. Right. And then from there, you'd just get yeah, other just opportunities. Get, yeah, people would contact me. Oh, we heard you here. And nice. So would you do this? And at the time, I worked with a kind of like a manager, booking agent, who would, you know, kind of promote me and help me a little bit in that area. So that was really helpful and instrumental in kind of pushing me and getting me out there probably before I felt like I was ready, but yeah. it was good for me. So. And then when um, did you decide, hey, <clears throat> this I could I could really – start being a writer and recording artist when did you then start heading towards your first record release um so it was about I think well 2010 was when I did my first real like where I helped produce you know I wrote all the songs and I was really involved with the process um I can't believe that was only six seven years ago that's amazing that's amazing yeah, that 2010. 2010 that's awesome so what was the name of that project for anybody listening they can go check it out it was called this is me <laughs> yes very and fun. just decided to title it that way just because it was just about just kind of overcoming some fears and putting myself out there and being like this is a part of me so here i am and here this is and just kind of not being afraid to put myself out there and show people like this is a this is a part of me and right you know it really is it's hard it's, to do that people don't yeah. realize i think there's some maybe maybe almost like a misconceived sense of glamour that goes along with being a recording artist but at our level it's just a lot of hard work at times mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and there's a lot of insecurity when you put your stuff out there for the first time yeah. do you have any advice for how to navigate through that like how do you stay with a strong sense of self and <laughs> well or maybe or like maybe. me you don't Ask, yeah <laughs> Still working on Ask that one. Ask me tomorrow. Okay. And then, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you really just have to, I mean, what kind of trumps it all for me is just like a passion and desire to do it and just um, a love of music and a love of writing. And I mean, I just, I don't feel like I couldn't do it. Yeah. Know? Like I just, I need to be doing it. And so I think that kind of trumps everything is just like, if you find joy and fulfillment in doing it, then you can find a way to, to keep And that's the sign of a true songwriter, I feel like. And especially on a podcast called Made For This, I really feel like you are made for this. This is what you were made to do. You you have it in you. And and even though we cannot feel like we have it in us at times, you really do. And I think that the integrity of who you are as a songwriter, it, it does 
like at least for me and the things that I've been involved in, even when I've tried to get out of it, mm-hmm. I end up, I just can't, I can't let go of it because it's just who I am to the core, regardless mm-hmm. of how successful I feel at the moment. It's just in you to do right. what yep. you do. Um, do you have any favorite moments from performing over the years, standouts? <laughs> I mean, I feel like some of the things that stand out are probably the like, you know, less glamorous. Well, I want to hear those too because I've had my share of embarrassing uh, moments as well. Yes, I mean, I can remember playing to, like, having shows that were in the weirdest places, playing to like two people or oh, you know yeah. things like that. Right. Oh, and then you're like, where do I even look right now? I've <laughs> done some coffee shops where it's like, um, do yeah. I stare at you? Or I showed I just... up one time and there was no sound system, so we had like a band. And no sound system. Oh, no. <laughs> that was oh, really dear. bad. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I mean, I think actually this last year I probably had my favorite, favorite moment as an artist. It was just like one of those moments where you're like, wow. Like, I, if you would have told me that I would be doing this like, you know, 15 years ago, yeah. I would be like, come on. Like, right. really? I'm not going to be doing So where that. was that at? It was op- – I opened for Clint Black. Right. Yes. And, I mean – I when I first met Travis, Travis loved Clint Black, and he would always have it like playing on his radio, yeah. and and he would come through my little drive up window, and it would like be blaring on his radio. Oh and so I remember when we first met, like I went and bought Clint Black CD and just you know played it nonstop, and have a lot of memories. Like, okay, so what was that phone call like when you get a call from somebody saying, "Hey, you want to open for Clint Black?" <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, please. It actually came through an email, so I didn't have to be like. Try right. to hide emotion. Be I poised. just was yeah. Yeah, able to be like, well, tell me the details. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, that's so fun. But I mean, it was a really cool moment. And Travis, I think that was a really f- fun thing for oh, him. Oh, totally. Too. You know, like someone that he loved well, he's and so supportive. To he and... comes to all your shows and then to be able yeah. to go see his favorite person yeah. with his we def- favorite we person. We definitely had a we definitely had a moment. Like it was so fun to be backstage watching him, you know, with yeah. Travis and it was oh, really cool. Best. So that's so cool. Any embarrassing stories? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like sharing any of them? Because this is what I love the most because I have them all the time. So I like to pull these out of my guests because that's the kind of friend I am. Too. Okay. Let me think about this. I <laughs> Well, like, for example, I'm more of a worship leader than a performer. But, like, there was one time where I started – there were two songs back-to-back – one of them, and they sounded very similar. They had very similar meter, very similar mm-hmm. chord structure. And it was the second service. And I literally started singing the words to the second song on top of the music for the first song. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. And I fully had to stop in the middle of the whole service and say, um, whoopsies. Like, <laughs> whoopsies. <laughs> like that, let's, let's try that again. That, that didn't so much work out for me oh, right now. So funny. <laughs> yeah. It was so embarrassing. And there's no recovering from that. You can't like pretend that was what you meant to do because it's so obviously it isn't. <laughs> it wasn't what you meant to do. Um, I mean, I've had like one time I was singing I was doing a show at the Knitting Factory and I was singing the song that I wrote called Pep Talk and it was just about like the song is about just kind of facing your stage fright fears oh, and like yeah, giving yourself right. a little pep talk before you go out on stage. And as I'm singing the song, <laughs> my microphone is like dropping. dropping oh gosh, and it's that like <laughs> I was sitting on a stool, <laughs> right. I think. So I couldn't <laughs> get like away from it, over and, my, and my microphone was like violating oh me. And so God. then I keep like sinking because I'm playing guitar. It's not like you can just right. let go of the guitar and move the microphone up. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm like oh, sinking no. down really awkwardly trying to get the microphone. I mean, oh, the microphone just like kept coming towards me. I've had that and, happen. And then I just had to stop and just be like, yeah, that's what this song is about. <laughs> and then move the microphone up. <laughs> oh, that's uh, so funny. Oh, yeah. The crumpled up moments mm-hmm. of trying to chase the mic wherever it's deciding to go. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's awesome. And. <laughs> I don't, it was oh, the perfect so song funny. and everything yeah. for it. I was just like, and I think I'm going to need a pep talk after this because <laughs> this is embarrassing. Right? <laughs> oh, that is so f- awkward when you're, yeah, I've had that happen. Or I'm chasing my pedal from the keyboard. Mm-hmm. It'll be like out in front of the keyboard and you're like trying to kick your leg underneath mm-hmm. and scrape it back without being obvious. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's I, awesome. One time I did a benefit concert to raise money for some new sound equipment. And as mm-hmm. I'm like playing... Like, one of the speakers literally, like, you know, blows up and starts, like, screeching at me, like, oh, while no. I'm doing this benefit concert to for raise oh, money for sound equipment so think for a school. Like, manipulated. Yeah. And so then I proceed to, like, say something about it, and nobody in the audience got it. Like, everybody just looked at me like I was, you know, oh, like, with this like, confused so look. I think that's probably one of the most embarrassing things is when you're, like, think that you're really, like, yeah. funny and right. nobody gets your sense of humor. I'm... Like that oh, happens to me gosh. sometimes. They just blankly stare. Yeah. And you're like, okay, moving along. That's so Anyways. funny. Yeah, that's the best. Oh, you're so great. And you're just so fun to watch. And you're so gifted and talented. I love I love getting to watch you play. I've never gotten to see one of your big shows. I hope I get to do that sometime. That makes me, it's made me sad that I've had something going on every time you've had one of your big acts. But I think that's so incredible to, in the last decade, have gone from just barely picking up a good to opening for Clint Black. That's so awesome. That's the best. <laughs> and then you even let me write with you. That was a treat. Oh my gosh, I've known about you forever. We just met like, what, three years ago now? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the best. Probably, yeah, probably about three years. Oh, you're so fun. I, I had known about you forever, had heard so many great things. And then how did we finally get to meet? We just knew all the same people. We recorded at the same place Didn't in town, we, the Mix House. With we Scott started the first time we did something. I think was at women's conference. Oh, in that's Baker. right. We have Elisa Mortensen mm-hmm. to thank for our. Oh, that's right. Because we, I picked you up and we just drove all the way to Baker City and chatted the whole way. And I felt mm-hmm. like I knew you forever. It yeah. was so fun. That was the first and then, time. And then, because I just think you're the greatest, had this idea to try to do something in a whole different genre from what I had been doing. You're solidly country. So really, actually, we should have said this a long time ago. For anybody that wants to look you up, Desiree Bronson, and they can find you at your website, right? Mm-hmm. DesireeBronson.com. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook and Instagram. And then also purchase your stuff from iTunes primarily. Is yeah. that where? it's? I mean, it's available for download, right, off of my website, but okay. also through iTunes. Awesome. Yeah. So then I had this idea like, hey, why don't I try to write in some brand new genre and pull from my worship leading side and your countryside. And I had the best time writing with you. It was so fun. And that we have this fun. little record. Yeah. No turning back. Yeah. So you can go find us on iTunes. And maybe we'll even play some from the record. Yeah, I think you should. Okay. Well, for all of you listening, here is a chance for you to listen to a song, a record that Desiree and I recorded together called No Turning Back. And we'll play you the title song off the album, No Turning Back. Thank you. 
process was so fun for me. I don't think I've ever been able to write more easily and quickly. Like we had a couple of those first awkward trying to write together where you just end up talking the whole time because it's hard to get going. But then after that, it was like we could finish a song so quickly. I loved that about you. And then we got to take a trip to Nashville together, which was just my favorite. And we got to go record at Sunset Boulevard Studios and brought in all these incredible musicians that came in with every form of stringed instrument strapped to their back, bazooki 
mandolin. So fun. So great. Such a great day. I love that. It was awesome. And me trying to navigate us all around Nashville was a treat. <laughs> How many U-turns did you have to do? <laughs> because I'd be like, Maybe it like... says to turn right. Oh, nope. Back there. Yeah. Oh, a lot of gosh. U-turns. A lot of... Um... I think that's when you got to see my true colors. Oh, and then when we went shopping at that little fancy schmancy boutique in Franklin and <laughs> I came out with the dress and you're like, um, I, I feel like something's going wrong. <laughs> I like it, but I think it should be, you should put it on like not backwards. Oh my gosh. And it was fully backwards. Oh, so close. That's so embarrassing. I think it would look <laughs> even better if you actually turned it around. <laughs> But it's cute, but you should turn it around. (laughs) Tries on clothes backwards. And sadly, that's not the only time that's happened to me. I've had things on upside down and backwards, if you can believe that. (laughs) Not dresses, but oh my gosh. And you still hang out with me. And then recently I tried to get us. I can't even get us around Boise. (laughs) We were going to go to a concert. I'm using the map apps to get to the concert venue, which was somewhere I hadn't been. And it says we're almost there. And... But we didn't know we There's were almost no there. So you pulled over like and we Google Maps venue. it again. And it was like, um, park and get out. <laughs> you are there. You have arrived. You have to walk 20 feet and the front door. <laughs> oh, I'm such a mess. And yet you still you still hang out with me. That's somebody like, has to help you out. Somebody has to hang out with me. I'm People glad that you're willing. to take care of you a little bit. Although, <laughs> hey, now wait a minute. If I'm going to throw myself under the bus. You couldn't find our hotel room in no. a two-story no. hotel I couldn't remember story. what floor it was on. <laughs> and We're I, only three to choose from. Tell us this story. I love this. You went out to get something at like I don't, 1130 I don't at night. I don't story, actually. Uh-huh. Right? I'll yeah. fill in the gaps. I went in, and I couldn't remember what floor we were on, so I was like, okay, well, I have Three I knew choices. it wasn't on the first floor. I did know that. <laughs> I knew that we had rode the elevator somewhere. So I think I tried the third floor first. Uh-huh. Walked all the way to the end and tried the key card. And then... At 1130 at night. <laughs> Meanwhile, someone's having a heart Someone, attack. Someone's thinking I'm breaking in. So oh I, think I, I think I tried every floor. And then finally, the last one that I tried, that was the only option left. Yes. Oh, I hotel. laughed so hard at that. And because you tried the same door twice after a while. Oh, mm-hmm, that's so mm-hmm. dang funny. I went back. That's Because you were gone forever. I remember like, <laughs> okay, what's And happening? I didn't have my phone, so I couldn't be like, <laughs> so what floor were we on? I just knew that we were at the end of the hall, and I knew the last two numbers. I didn't know the first number of the room. but Oh, that's the best thing ever. Yes. I love all of that. I loved our trip. So fun. Um. Okay, so you talked about your album This Is Me, but you've had several singles since then that I love. And then and then you kind of recently combined them into one album that's titled Your Name, right? Desiree mm-hmm. Bronson? Desiree Bronson. And how many songs are on that? There are five songs on it. Very fun. And we can find that same places at your mm-hmm. website or yep. iTunes. Um, website, DesireeBronson.com. Very fun. And you've been doing a lot of videos. Yeah. That's so fun. So tell us about how you got, how did you get started doing that and, yeah. and where can they find those? Are you, do you have your own YouTube channel? Is that? Yeah, I is? do. I have them out on YouTube, on the, on the interwebs. <laughs> right. <laughs> says. Um, yeah, I just started, I mean, I just picked up my iPhone and thought, oh, I'm going to try to shoot a little video and see how it turns out. And there's so many programs that you can download that's so fun to help you edit and make it look 
cooler than it really was when it was happening. Oh, so <laughs> um, fun. Well, and so, this is, goes back to you just being good at all the things because you're so creative and you're, you kind of acted as producer on these mm-hmm. also. Yeah. And they're so clever yeah. and charming. and. Oh, you're probably talking about the ones that are like the one shot where people come in and out of the scene. and Oh, that any kind of, of them. Everything yeah. that you've put out, I've loved. Just yeah. Yeah, those are kind of fun to do, like, we, where we do, like, a one take, and yeah. then everybody has their part when they come in. And so fun. Those ones have been kind of fun, so. So they just look you up by your name on YouTube, yep. and it'll pull up your channel, and they can mm-hmm. find everything there. That's so awesome. That's so fun. So one of my, just one of the goals of this podcast is, I just want, I feel like if we're going to live in our purpose, we have to be grounded in the Word. And so I've been asking every guest, how, what's your favorite way to study the Word? You, you study the Bible as much as anyone I know, and I love that about you, and you're so intentional about it. What does that look like for you, your time with God? Um, I mean, I've, from the time I was pretty young, maybe because I have my... I have my attention span is pretty short. <laughs> like me too. I yeah. have to be writing or doing something to stay yeah. focused. And so just from the time that I was I think in high school is when I started really doing like prayer journaling and I just journal my way through my reading. So when I open up the word, like if a scripture sticks out or anything, <laughs> like I'm writing it all down. And I literally have stacks of journals from the time I was like 16 till now. You're one of the um, only people I know that does that too. I don't do yeah, that as much when yeah. I'm reading a passage as you do, um, which I think is so great that you're able to do that. But I lose focus praying. So my I have stacks and stacks mm-hmm. and stacks of prayer journals. And mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because it's really fun to go back through them too and see where you were and see maybe the things that you're still hung up on or right. the things that you still you know could could use some work on like I thought it was really interesting because over I think it was 2015 like I kind of kind of almost pick out like a theme of like what this year was or what you know my yeah. main you know thing was that I was trying to get through or learn or whatever yeah. like the word that stuck out to me and in 2015 it was like focus <laughs> and yeah. so just making sure my focus was in the right place but really in 2016 like middle of 2016, I kind of went back through and was going through, you know, all my old prayer journals from 2015. And that word just kept like coming out to me, but it was like, okay, this is your word for this year too, because you're still at this place. So it's kind of cool to be able to go back through. And I like that about it. Like I do too, because I get hung up on stuff that Mm -hmm. I don't even realize I'm hung Mm -hmm. up on. And so I can go back and read and go, wait a minute, I was hung up on this four years ago. Like it's time to actually figure out how to move on. Or I'll forget like memorial stones of like, this is where God was faithful to me Mm -hmm. here. And so then when I end up in some sort of difficult situation or crisis later on, I can look back and go, okay, but no, he showed up so faithfully here. Mm -hmm. And you forget maybe that the ways that he had his hand on your life. So that's so cool. I didn't didn't know that. And to see answered prayers and, um, you know, just be able to, yeah, to see where you were in life at that time. And I also have one of those Bibles. Like I went through a, like I picked, I was at a women's conference and uh-huh. I um, picked one of these classes that was called like, pick, like, I don't even remember what it was called, but it's just like for more artsy type yeah. people that like they would go through and draw in their Bible oh, yeah. and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But I went, when I went to that, I actually was like, oh, I think I would really like, you know, cause I like right. the journaling and stuff. So I got one of those Bibles that's like, blank page by the oh that's so cool like a journal bible or whatever so like sometimes I draw pictures oh that's the best I, I've never seen one of those yeah that's awesome and and then you it could sounds write really weird like but yeah certain things hit you at certain yeah. times <gasps> but sometimes it'll just like 
I'll just, yeah, I'll write stuff out, scriptures out, or I'll write a prayer out, or I'll write, draw a flower, or you know, like that sounds so, so weird. It must but be giant. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a blank. Thick, you know, it's anyway, a blank. Yeah. Oh one goodness. side is completely blank, and right. then the other side is like scripture. So oh, I'm gonna have to look for like, that. It's oh, my Mother's little. Day. It's turned into my little picture bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, now I know what um, I want for Mother's Day. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, speaking of memorial stones and where God's been faithful, there's a there's a hard side to being an artist, and like we just kind of touched down on a little bit about vulnerability, and you're pouring your heart and soul into this, and it's art, so it's very subjective, mm-hmm. and some people are legitimately not going to like it, and that just has to be okay if you're in any form of art. Right. You're going to have some people love it, some people not. But yet, because we're sensitive in general as artists, and I know you are, I am so sensitive and I'm a pleaser. How do you, how do you navigate that? Like what keeps you steady and keeps you, and we talked about just how it's in you and it's made, but is there, like when you're really facing those insecure moments, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you bring that before God or how do you work through that in your own life? I think for me, I mean, I, I struggle with insecurities of like, oh, well, people, you know, like how this is presented or will people like this video or how will people respond to this song? But just kind of knowing or feeling like this is what I was called to. And I feel like whenever I get in those moments, I feel like God's been really faithful to show up and show me like, whether it's through scripture, whether it's through someone just like sending me a random encouraging text or whatever, just that like, no, this is where I have you. This is where I want you. And just, you know, trying to be faithful to that instead of letting it be about me, I guess, just like trying to keep the focus like outward instead of inward yeah so I mean I really feel like like I said like God's been faithful to show up and encourage me where I need it and um give me confidence that that you know this is where I'm supposed to be he has me where I'm supposed to be so for me it's a lot of surrendering outcome Mm -hmm. like I just have to walk out in obedience every day to what I feel like Mm -hmm. he's called me to do and then he gets to choose yeah what happens after that but because you're right, if you start getting hung up on all of what people think, that's really mm-hmm. sort of self-focused, which yeah. is the temptation, I think. Yeah, that's so hard. Okay, well, let's shift gears just a little bit. What is a favorite song that you've written and why? Well, I think my favorite song right now is Feel Good Song. Yeah, I love that one. And it's just, yeah, it's upbeat and it's fun and I wrote it to make people feel good. Yeah. And it's so happy. And you took people downtown and did a video. Yeah, we we took people downtown. We took some headphones and we let them hear it for the first time and kind of filmed their reaction to That's it. So. so fun. So all of that was really impromptu on the video. Uh, most of it was. Oh, my god. Most of it was just random people that we walked up to downtown Boise and said, hey, what do you think about this song? And, That's well, we might so have prompted fun. them to, like, dance to it and not just, like... <laughs> right throw the earphones down and yeah walk away oh it's so fun <laughs> okay well everybody listening should go check out the feel good song <clears throat> video it's so much fun and i feel like we should just take a little minute and play that right now for people so this All is right. feel good song it's on your new ep and you can also find it on itunes itunes awesome okay well here we go desiree bronson feel good song i don't want to hear another song about one more love going wrong Many breakups and makeups, they take up the airwaves all day long. We need some more
And I'm not gonna write about walking down a dirt road with my blue jeans on. Too many back roads and cornfields and tailgates and big wheels, boys. Come on, we need some more feel good, real good songs. So I'll strum until I find a groove, one that makes my body move. Head it goes from side to side, hips they swing from left to right. I'll strum until it gets to you. Your body just can't help but move. Bartenders and dear Johns, you know we need some more feel good songs. So I'll strum until I find a groove, one that makes my body move. Head it goes from side to side, hips they swing from left to right. I'll strum until it gets to you. so much um okay and that just leads us right into fun happy moments that make us laugh every guest i put them on the spot and make them share a so close story actually my last guest got off the hook with this oh man but most guests have to share a so close where you're just on track to be awesome and then <laughs> the last second not so much awesome do you have a so close story 
I think I have a life full of that. I <laughs> have <laughs> so close life. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never described my life that way, but it's true. Yeah. Oh, so close. Oh, I, that almost <laughs> happened. That was almost awesome. I almost did that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, um, do yeah, I, I do. I have one. It was when I tried out for American Idol, and I had made it a couple rounds, and I got to like the round where I was right and you know, the executive producers, like the last round before you meet the judges. That's awesome. And, um, and I was just like, man, I have this, like, yeah, I'm going to get to beat the judges. Yeah. You got that far. Yeah. And then, so I'm sitting in front of the doors and I can hear the girl in through the doors, you know, how they Uh have like the waiting room on the other side of the doors. And I was the next to go in and she was singing bubbly by Kobe Calais. Oh, right. Yeah. I'd never sang the song in my life or anything. So I get in there and they had me sing the first song and I was like okay that was good and they're like okay we want to hear you sing another song what do you got maybe something a little more peppy and I had another song fully prepared but uh-huh. for some reason I started singing bubbly oh by my gosh and doing it horribly because I never <laughs> sang this song before and I did it just in like oh a sing song way like I just started being like starts in that day. <laughs> oh, no. nerves or something and they're like uh, oh I think we're gonna have to pass on this oh my gosh come back next year maybe practice your second song a little bit oh my gosh those nerves they're a real thing i know it was like it was like my brain left me and i started just like humming this kobe calais song i didn't even know the i was like making up the words to it because i never sung it before in my life Oh my gosh, that reminds Anyways. me. I've never even really told anybody this story. I went down <clears throat> to, so it's nice that I'm picking all of the internet to have it share my debut share story moment. Mm-hmm. But I was at a conference and they had a they had a vocal competition aspect of this conference. And you could bring in something that you'd written to perform and they would listen to you sing your song. And I think they, I can't remember if they were just adjudicating the song or performing or both. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm getting up and singing. And the song that I picked I actually had time to think about this. Yours was a a very legitimate nerves in the moment. I actually consciously chose to sing (laughs) the song that I had written called Well Done, which is a great song about really wanting to hear well done at the end of your life. However, unbelievably inappropriate (laughs) when you're in a competition situation. I long to hear you say, well "Well done. done. This is what I'm singing to the judges. I long to hear you say, I live to hear you say, well done. Really? Really? That's what I'm going to choose to do? Let's just say I didn't advance. (laughs) On to the the next level. Oh, man. That's hilarious. I can cut out for that. I don't know how you made it that far. That's serious nerves. And I feel like it took me, it rattled me so much to be in that environment like you watch American Idol and you Mm -hmm. don't think Mm -hmm. it looks that hard and then when you're in a situation like that where you're all of a sudden competing against strangers you're like sing now sing acapella sing you know like it's it's tons of pressure yeah I didn't love it that much but I was so close to making it on American Idol so your advice would be if you're gonna audition for a big public singing show reconsider maybe yeah reconsider and also maybe pick songs you know yeah yeah (laughs) Wear earplugs until it's your turn to go in. Yeah. You see those people with their own headphones in their own little world. That's a good idea. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And my advice would be don't Mm -hmm. sing a song that asks for people to like you. Right? (laughs) I I long to hear you say, well Well done, done. Julie Turner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so embarrassing. So close. Yeah. One of them that happened pretty 
pretty recently. I played a, you know, pretty good concert, like a good size show and had a great response and just sort of had one of those moments where I was like, man, I killed it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I've I, arrived. I just, yeah, I just, I just did that. <laughs> Oh dear. And then I was like, everybody have a good night. And I got to walk off the stage and I forgot to unplug my guitar. Oh my gosh. Oh no. So as I'm walking off it, I get this like jerk <laughs> on my guitar and then it, the whole sound system's like. <laughs> Anyways. And I'm leaving the stage. Oh my gosh. Then, Did anybody notice? Oh yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Including my band that was following me off the stage. Oh, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, so close. Mm-hmm. And I really was it so was close. Really you were close. at the end. It was like, it was close to being awesome. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's really funny. Um, okay, so because the point of the podcast is encouraging people to live out their purpose right in the place where they're at, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for anybody that just wherever they're at, if they're a mm-hmm. mom at home with kids, if they're in the workforce, if they are wanting to have kids, if they are just empty nesters, what is the advice for just showing up to your life and living out your purpose wherever God has you? I think that for me, something that's been really important is um, just not not looking at the size of the stage or the size of the crowd or, you know, the size of the event or whatever that I'm playing at, um, but just being faithful with every opportunity that God gives me to do music because that's what I feel like, you know, he's called me to. And so um, being just as faithful with the little things as the big things. Yeah, I think that's been really important for me and just um, because you never know the people like in your day to day small things that you do that you're going to, you know, have an impact on or they'll have an impact on you. I mean, right. Bringing your best mm -hmm. to whatever it is in front of you. Yeah. And just and saying, no, like this is a favor that God's given me for this day instead of looking to like what's in the future. That's so good, because then you really are fully present in whatever moment you have, not looking at everything as some sort of building block, Mm -hmm. but taking that moment for what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And treating it the same as if, you know, like if I'm playing at a little girl's birthday party or, you know, for a small crowd or whatever, just treating it the same way and just being thankful for the opportunity to be used in that way in that time well we've been on the receiving end of that the guys in nashville who are Mm -hmm. so much more experienced than us and gifted said no everyone gets treated the same in here it doesn't matter if you're on a big label and household name yeah we're going to treat you the same you're going to get the same quality and the same service and the same effort Mm -hmm. okay fun questions i feel like you know so much more than me about technology um do you have a favorite app that you use right now I do have a favorite app. It is called Face Juggler. Oh gosh, is this like where you swap faces? Yeah. <laughs> face Juggler, nice. It's okay. really high tech, um, but now they have it where you can like take a group of people and just randomly swap everybody's faces. Oh my god, it's really fun to do with family. That's hilarious. Um, and your favorite way to spend a day? What's a perfect day? Well. I would. I like to just be by the water. So anywhere with my feet in the water, right. river, lake, ocean. Yeah, that's the best. I could use a little of your that pool. Right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Someday, if only the snow would melt and stay away. Uh, well, this has been so fun. I'm so glad you're here. I hope everybody goes and checks out your music. I hope they visit your webpage, DesireeBronson.com. They can find you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Mm-hmm. YouTube, all those places, all the places, Spotify, 
so fun. Yeah, and I hope they go check out your albums. And, um, thanks so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. All right, have a good day. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Desiree. I'm so impressed by her. I absolutely love how sincere and down-to-earth she is in spite of her incredible accomplishments. I really hope you'll take the time to head over to her website at DesireeBronson.com to listen to the rest of what she's written and recorded and also watch her amazing videos. You're definitely in for a treat. I will post all of that information and all of those links over at the blog at JulieTurnerMusic.com. Please feel free to leave a comment while you're there, or you can always write to me at info at julieturnermusic.com. I'd love to hear how these guests are inspiring you and what they get you thinking about. Thanks again so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe over at iTunes to make sure you catch each of these amazing stories. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.